Good afternoon, everybody, and thank you for joining our briefing today. As you know, Hurricane Ian has landed a devastating blow to Florida, and we'll feel the remnants of it in North Carolina tomorrow. While we get ready, our thoughts are with the people who've already faced the brunt of this storm, and we've provided some logistical help to Florida. Our state will stand ready to assist them more after the storm passes us. But today, it's time for all North Carolinians to ready ourselves to stay safe. In recent hours, Ian has reminded us of the dangerous unpredictability of these storms as its track continues to change. We now expect the storm to strengthen into a hurricane again this evening before making another landfall near Charleston, South Carolina. So for North Carolinians, I want to be clear. This storm can still be dangerous and even deadly. Heavy rains, up to seven inches in some areas, are likely to bring flooding. Landslides are a threat in our mountains, and there's a chance of tornadoes statewide. Coastal flooding, heavy rain, and gusty winds are likely as this storm passes through. And remember, it was only 13 months ago that Tropical Storm Fred brought destruction and death to our mountains in western North Carolina. That storm killed six people and damaged 125 homes along with more than 200 roads and bridges. In addition, North Carolinians need to be prepared for potential power outages throughout the weekend. And if you haven't already, it's time to make sure that your family is prepared. It's a good idea to have multiple ways to receive emergency information, like a battery-powered radio or a cell phone, so you can receive storm weather watches and warnings. You need to gather emergency supplies like non-perishable food, water, and flashlights in case you lose power. If you already have an emergency kit, kit now it's a good time to check for the batteries and refresh your supplies. If you don't have an emergency kit, the readync.gov, that's readync.gov website, will tell you how to assemble it. Also, it's good to plan to have a place to go if you have to leave your home. Most important, don't drive through water on the roads. Many people have died in past storms when their vehicles were caught in floodwaters. We're seeing people right now being rescued from cars in Florida. Don't take the chance. If a road is flooded, turn around, find a different route. If you can't see the pavement beneath the water, then there's likely a problem. Yesterday, I declared a state of emergency to help us prepare and respond to this storm. This activates the state's emergency operation plan. It eases rules to help with the transport of fuel and critical supplies, including crops and livestock and it protects consumers from price gouging. It also allows us to seek federal assistance and reimbursement if that becomes necessary. I've also activated 80 members of the North Carolina National Guard to help with storm response. Some of these men and women will be equipped with high clearance vehicles to move people and resources safely in flooded areas. Our State Emergency Operations Center, where we are now, has been activated and staffed with people across state government, nonprofits, 
and the private sector, making sure that we have the resources to help our communities if they need it. Today we have with us Emergency Management Director Will Ray, Public Safety Secretary Eddie Buffalo, Transportation Secretary Eric Boyette, Colonel Freddie Johnson, the Commander of the North Carolina State Highway Patrol, and Major General Todd Hunt, the Adjutant General of the North Carolina National Guard. Our sign language interpreters are Nicole Fox and Monica McKee. And behind the scenes, Jackie Mativier and Erica Kugler are our Spanish language interpreters. I'll now turn it over to uh, Director Ray. Thank you, Governor, and good afternoon, everyone. As the governor said, the state emergency response team activated here at the State Emergency Operations Center this morning, along with our three regional coordination centers across the state. And we'll maintain that posture through the duration of this event. We have a total of 350 personnel working here and at our three regional centers in the eastern, central, and western branches, as well as some working remotely to support the response. That includes employees from state government agencies, federal partners, and representatives from voluntary, nonprofit, and private sector agencies. That is the strength of the state emergency response team, all those organizations working in partnership, collaborating to make sure we can get the right resources to our local communities when they're needed. In addition to the search and rescue capability that is held locally across the state, these are teams that are staffed by local fire departments and other first responders. We're also deploying and pre-positioning some additional search and rescue and swift water rescue teams to areas of concern where the higher rainfall amounts are expected in case they're needed there. We're staging components of two urban search and rescue task forces and seven additional swift water teams across the western and central areas of our state to move into impacted areas as needed. As the governor stated, the North Carolina National Guard has mobilized a number of force packages to support emergency response, and those will also be pre-staged in western and central areas of our state. Finally, support from the Department of Transportation, the State Highway Patrol, the Office of the State Fire Marshal, and the Office of EMS are also co-located co across the state in our regional centers to support effective response. As the governor stated, please remain aware of the current forecast and the possible risk to your area or where you are traveling. The track of Hurricane Ian continues to evolve and adjust where we may see impacts here in North Carolina. With gusty winds and potentially saturated grounds, we're likely to see toppled trees bringing down power lines and causing power outages. While we are not anticipating widespread power outages at this time, isolated outages are possible with the increase in potential wind speeds that we have seen. If your power goes out, please remember some basic safety rules. Always use generators outdoors and away from the home to avoid the risk of carbon monoxide poisoning. This is the same for gas and charcoal grills. Never use those indoors as their fumes can be deadly. Don't try to charge your cell phone by running the car in the garage that creates deadly carbon monoxide fumes as well. Again, while we don't expect widespread evacuations will be needed during this storm, for those that live in our coastal counties where coastal flooding will be a threat, make sure you know your zone, that is, know if you live in a predetermined evacuation zone. About 20 counties on the coast have established these zones that local officials will use if they need to order evacuations. Visit knowyourzone.nc.gov to find out if you live in one of these evacuation zones and listen for your zone 
if evacuations are ordered. Again, it's good to be prepared, but we don't expect widespread evacuations with this storm. We've received some questions about providing North Carolina resources to Florida as well as other impacted states. We currently have resources providing tactical communications support at the Florida State EOC, and as soon as we know that other resources will not be needed here at home, we will quickly pivot to look at opportunities to support our partners in those impacted states. I want to say I'm incredibly proud of the men and women of the State Emergency Response Team, local, state, federal, tribal, nonprofit and volunteer agencies, and the private sector that all work together to prepare and respond to ultimately protect 10.5 million North Carolinians. We also need each of you as a part of that whole of community approach to check on your neighbors, friends, and family as we move through this event to make sure everyone is safe and secure. Thank you, Governor. Thank you, Director Ray. And now we will hear from North Carolina Department of Transportation Secretary Eric Boyette. Thank you, Governor. Good afternoon. From the Department of Transportation, I'd like to start by saying our thoughts and prayers are with our neighbors to the south as they recover from the devastation brought on by this storm. NCDOT is actively monitoring this storm closely and other weather conditions that are impacting our state. This will help us respond to the transportation infrastructure needs across North Carolina. Our crews have checked necessary equipment to ensure that we are ready. We have had more than 2,200 employees statewide help us prepare this week for this event. We have about 1,500 chainsaws, 11,000 barricades, emergency signs, and ample fuel supply to respond. We have also specialized equipment ready to clear debris in about 1,400 trucks, 400 backhoes and loaders, and more than 200 motor graders ready to respond. The divisions have also taken inventory of items that they need to use for repair of pipes and bridges as needed. Our traffic safety units have been proactively monitoring speeds on our north-south interstate routes since early this week, and at this point, they have not observed any issues with any additional traffic coming from evacuations. Our road construction across all of our state could pause due to severe weather impacts. In the east, the Ocracoke Express, our passenger fare for the 2022 season, ended early yesterday due to potential impacts to the Outer Banks. We've also suspended the ferry routes from Cedar Island and Swan Quarter to Ocracoke Island this morning due to weather conditions. Due to the anticipated use of high winds, our Ports Authority will pause vessel operations Friday in Wilmington and Moorhead City. At this time, all state-run passenger trains are continuing to operate, but for the latest schedules, please visit ncbytrain.org. Looking ahead, once the damage is assessed, we will work to get our roads open swiftly as possible using our contract partners as needed. Safety is always our number one priority, and we want to make sure everyone stays off the roads in the storm-affected areas. Please don't drive through roads with standing water. Turn around, don't drown. Never drive around barricades. The barricades are there to protect you. Please be patient. And we always encourage you to look at and visit nc or drivenc.gov for the most up-to-date information on travel conditions. Again, thank you and please be safe. Governor. Thank you, Secretary Boyette. If you guys have questions, we have microphones on both sides of the room. And there will also be, we'll take questions from people who may have called in. 
In addition to Director Ray and Secretary Bouillette, we have Secretary Buffalo, uh, Commander Johnson, and General Hunt here to take questions as well. Any questions, guys? Uh, my name is Evan Siri with Spectrum News One. Uh, thanks for taking my question. How has what has transpired in Florida affected strategies here uh, for preparation for this storm? We know that these storms can be unpredictable and their strength can be so impactful. Uh, we, we know the plan, unfortunately, here in North Carolina. We have a lot of experience having gone through these storms. And so I think we are ready across the board. We know too that even though this storm will lose strength by the time it reaches North Carolina, that even tropical or subtropical storms with heavy rains and wind can cause severe damage and death in North Carolina. So we're gonna be ready. Uh, we also, once this storm passes here and we make sure that we've got the resources we need, we will prov help provide more resources to Florida if, if they need them. Yes. Don Vaughn with the Newsom Observer. Um, you all mentioned watching it and potential changes once it reaches here. Um, what kind of plans are in place for potential emergency shelters if it doesn't track exactly where everyone thinks it's going and, and other response? Yeah, there, there's at least one county that's talking about putting together an emergency shelter, but I'll let Director Ray address that specifically. So thank you for that question, Dawn. <clears throat> I think as you said, and as we've talked about, we are gonna see probably some continued shifts and evolution of, of where this storm will actually make landfall in South Carolina uh, tomorrow. I think making sure that this team is here, that we are all working together closely monitoring it is gonna allow us to quickly pivot and adjust and see if that storm does enter South Carolina in a more northern area that impacts in our southeastern part of the state a different way or central part of the state a different way to be able to have those partners here ready to move those resources around, particularly as it relates to uh, immediate emergency sheltering, I think is gonna be critical. We've had a lot of discussion over the course of this week. Um, it has ramped up today with our local partners, um, with our local emergency management officials on what they're looking at um, from both a need and staffing standpoint to be able to support emergency, emergency sheltering. Again, we have one county that has kind of proactively leaned forward and is looking at potentially opening one tonight. Um, that's pending, I think, discussion with the county leadership. We know there's discussion with many other counties about what may be needed based on storm track and understanding that as we move through the rest of today and into tonight, we still have a significant amount of time for this storm to continue to shift and evolve. Um, so again, I think to me, this reinforces why we need to have this forward lean why the state emergency operations center needed to be activated proactively today to make sure that we have those partners in this building and in our regional centers so that as we see what the impact will be on the ground we can quickly move the right resource around and for people thinking about the next days ahead is it primarily tomorrow is the most concerned as far as as far as north carolina's impact so right now we will start to see impacts tomorrow through the day into the evening Primarily, uh, the, the timing has shifted, and again, this is one of the reasons why you folks need to be aware of the forecast. 
Earlier this week, it was going to be a Saturday impact. Now it's largely a Friday impact. We will see some lingering parts of the system move through the state Saturday into Sunday. So there will be um, additional rainfall and precipitation and risk from weather through the weekend. But the bulk of the weather and the risk that we're talking about right now from either the western part of the state or on the coast is going to really be concentrated right now, tomorrow and tomorrow night. I just wanted to uh, clarify regarding the pre-positioning the crews. It sounded like they're primarily in the western and central parts of the state. Is anything going on in the eastern part of the state, or are you all just not expecting the eastern part to be as heavily impacted as the central and western parts? So I think a couple of things. I think great, great question. A couple of things. One, um, there are a significant amount of search and rescue and swift water rescue capabilities that we have across our counties, across North Carolina, especially in the eastern part of the state. Um, one of the reasons we picked the task forces that we did to move to Western North Carolina was to leave some of the capability organic to those areas in Eastern North Carolina. Additionally, not knowing exactly where the storm will track into North Carolina and what those impacts may be, having the teams stationed in Central North Carolina along the major throughways are gonna allow us to move them either direction. If we see the major risk or threat occurring because of landslides and flash flooding in the mountains, we already have some prepositioned there, but to be able to move some that are staged in the triad area that direction um, would be would be one possibility or the other direction to these. Again, that's gonna be determined based on final track into the state, what impact we're seeing, as well as what the, the local jurisdictions identify are their gaps or needs. Because again, we have some incredible local public safety agencies in the state that do incredible work every day and have uh, done a really great job at building capacity, especially around search and rescue and swift water. Do we have any questions on the phone? We don't. For reporters on the phone line, please press one at this time if you'd like to ask a question. Reporters on the phone, press one to ask a question. Don't see any hands at this time, Governor. Okay. Thank you very much for joining us today. Everybody stay safe out there.